0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today we have a really fun episode for you. This was super fascinating. We sat down with Dr. Alexandra Leaper from the Iceland Ocean Cluster, and uh, she had some really cool things to update us on, on all these new innovations and creative ideas and projects that are happening in Iceland. And uh, also
1: even outside of Iceland, too. That's
0: right. Worldwide. They're involved in, in projects all over the world. And we talked a lot about about uh, 100% fish use which is something that we've talked about before, something that I find really fascinating. And and I'm really glad that we were able to talk about that. Just some really good information. But before we get into that, I want to remind everybody, like I always do, to please make sure that you are subscribed to Aquademia wherever you listen so you can get every new episode directly downloaded onto your device as soon as it's available.
1: And if you'd like to stay in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter at AquademiaPod, or you can get in touch with us on our website, which is globalseafood.org slash podcast.
0: That's right. And if you have a couple minutes, we would really appreciate it if you'd take the time to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. It really helps us out and we appreciate everybody that's already done that.
1: And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to tangibly support the work that we're doing here at GSA, then you can become a member on our website, globalseafood.org slash membership.
0: All right. That's all we have for housekeeping. So please enjoy this conversation we had with Alexandra and we will talk to you at the end. All right, so we're sitting down with Dr. Alexandra Lieber, who is the head of research and innovation at the Iceland Ocean Cluster. Thank you for joining us, Alexandra. How are you doing today?
2: Thank you very much. My pleasure. I'm doing very well. I'm very much looking forward to talking to you.
0: Yes, we're very excited. We We got um, connected with Alexandra through a coworker here at GSA, Mike Berthet, who met her and thought that she'd be a great fit for the show. And it turns out that she's also a listener, and she's been listening (laughs) for quite a while. And she actually heard another episode that we did a little while ago that is going to be directly connected with something we talked about today, which was the episode we did with the Kaiika Project about 100% fish use conservation through utilization. And that is something that she's working on as well. And we're also going to talk about the Iceland Ocean Cluster. But before we get into all of that, I want to hear about you. So tell us about yourself, kind of give us the rundown of who you are and how you got to where you are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you why why I'm obsessed with fish um, yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a perfect way to start.
2: Yeah. Uh, so my background, I'm actually originally from the UK, although Iceland is my home now.
1: Uh, and I think I
2: got pretty obsessed with the ocean at a pretty young age. I started scuba diving when I was 12 years old, uh, and just loved it. Loved the ocean, loved being in and around all the fish, uh, started working then as a teenager in, uh, like aquatic retail stores and aquarium stores. Uh, just to be (laughs) close with the fish. Uh, And then I went to study marine biology and oceanography at Plymouth University in the UK, uh, which was really heavily focused on uh, human interaction with the marine environment and the kind of impacts that we can have when we're seeking food or seeking energy. Uh, And that was really interesting. And then I, I took like a kind of industrial year. Uh, I spent some time in environmental consultancy, for example, in Singapore and and research in Wales. Uh, And yeah, then I finished my studies and I guess like a lot of uh, marine biology graduates had a small existential crisis of who will employ me. Um,
0: (laughs) That's pretty much that's pretty broad amongst all science majors, I think.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was I think it was a common theme for sure. Uh, and I actually went to go work in oil and gas for a little while. So I went to go work offshore, uh, mm. in seismic, uh, which was kind of a very eye-opening experience. So there I was working like right out on the high seas and in the marine environment and, uh, actually seeing a huge impact of humans when we're seeking energy, but also even in like fisheries gear, like ghost fishing gear that, had, um, you know, floated out to sea. Mm. Uh, so I actually left this job because I was feeling kind of frustrated, like Surely, there's a better way to to do things. Yeah. Um. And then I went back to school. I did a master's in marine environment and resources, which was really like nailing down, uh, how can we use the the sea, the oceans, in a sustainable way. And um, then I narrowed in, particularly on like food security and finding sustainable ways to use the ocean there for food security. And really fell in love with aquaculture. It just seemed like it made so much sense. Why don't we? Uh, why not we're not doing more farming of the oceans, uh, which is what brought me at the time I was a, a living in Belgium and it brought me over to Iceland, uh, where I did a research project actually with um, a company called Martis, which is a research and biotech uh, company here. Uh, and I was particularly looking at changing what we feed farmed Atlantic salmon. So for example, and I know you've had an episode on it before in the past as well, mm-hmm. like yeah. feeding them insects that have been grown on um, fisheries. Processing waste and feeding them uh, yeast that are grown on lignocellulosic biomass,es like forestry waste, Uh, and I loved that so much that I uh, followed a similar topic for my PhD uh, with the University, Norwegian University of Life Sciences in Oslo, uh, and Mattis. So I did an industrial PhD, Uh, and yeah, so it really got me thinking about can we feed fish on you know, not just alternative proteins, but alternative proteins that have come from uh, materials from the circular economy, like uneaten vegetable feed mm-hmm. and forestry waste. And you know, isn't this? So, I just love a win-win situation. I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was the fact that oh, we're using, reducing food waste, we're creating new high-value food. And I really loved this idea. It just seemed to fit quite nicely. Uh, and then I heard a little bit about what the Ice and Ocean Cluster was doing. Uh, and realizing that they had this real theme of a uh, circular economy and uh, making value from everything, from the parts of the fish that we used to throw away and creating value. Uh, and I basically pestered them until they gave me a job. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Sometimes that's what you got to do, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, uh, then I came in January officially to work with uh, Dr. Thor who's the founder and chairman of the Iceland Ocean Cluster. Uh, and so I came on board in January as the head of research and innovation here. Uh, and it's been really interesting so it's kind of spread continuing kind of the theme on aquaculture but more and more understanding how what i've learned can be applied to fisheries and fisheries management and getting to be involved in uh all the work that the ice Industrial ocean cluster does which uh, hopefully i'll tell you about
0: yeah, we're gonna learn all about the Iceland Ocean Cluster. It's a really cool concept, and it, it's these things are starting to kind of pop up in different parts of the mm-hmm. world, which is really cool. And we'll talk about exactly what that is and and how it works. But yeah. I want to talk about the hundred percent fish fish use yeah. stuff. That's something that you've been involved in for a little bit. And yeah. uh, like we mentioned, this is something that we talked about with the Kaika project in out of New Zealand, where they're finding ways to use a hundred percent of the fish that are caught offshore. They bring them in, they'll fillet them, and then they'll get to keep the the heads in the frames and they'll give those to people that can actually get use out of all those. And you reminded me that we mentioned that the the kind of leading research on this kind of stuff is happening in Iceland. And you were very excited when you heard that, apparently. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's talk about some of that research and what is actually happening. What is the latest on 100% fish use in Iceland?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, a huge topic. And it, it was so great to hear you talking about it in a previous episode. And it what they're doing in New Zealand is a great example of how does that work and the whole program of 100% fish is really one of the the cornerstone programs of the Iceland Ocean Cluster and it's all about both the conservation side which you really talked about in your, your previous episode the fact that you know we can protect the ocean through using every part of the fish not wasting anything uh, but also that one of the kind of really driving forces behind making this happen can be through creating value from those parts of the fish that are now no longer thrown away, but through innovation and through entrepreneurship, actually creating innovative products and uh, different kinds of materials that can then have both you know, social value and economic value.
0: Uh,
2: so this is really at the heart of what uh, the Ice Ocean Cluster is trying to do. And it's certainly one of the projects that uh, we're able to spread and bring that knowledge overseas. Uh, so to kind of give you an example of what does that look like? Uh, so, uh, uh, in Iceland, like the, the major species here and the kind of the backbone of the Icelandic fishing economy has been the Atlantic cod. Uh, mm-hmm. and in Iceland right now we use around 90% of every single cod that we catch.
0: Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Which in the is whole
1: country? In the whole country.
2: So every, every Jeez. single Atlantic cod that's landed, we're at like 90% utilization. And if you kind of compare it to you know the average countries around the world, it's around 55, 56% utilization of, of the white fish. There's obviously lots of different, lots of, uh, variation in that. Uh, and when we're talking about it, we always talk about this, uh, value pyramid, right? Cause you can have your Atlantic cod and uh, different parts of it that can have, maybe be very low hanging fruit. Like you don't have to do a lot to it to create that value. Yeah. Uh, and then all the way up to some of the really amazing, uh, companies that are having biomedical applications for, from thing parts of the fish that we used to throw away and, and waste. Uh so like to give an example of that, like both extremes of that pyramid, you kind of got at the uh not too much process, but to make that happen, uh companies like Huistak, so this is a company in Iceland that uses geothermal electricity uh to actually to dry fish in general, but what they also do is dry the cod's head. Um this again used to be thrown out, but uh now it's dried and it's actually exported to Nigeria where there's a uh, quite a lot of food culture around. Fish heads and it's actually used as the base for stews and soups and things like that. Hmm. So that's kind of like a low-hanging fruit um, being yep. Im- exported
0: and using geothermal energy to do that. Yes, yeah, super for cool. sure. And this is
2: one of the really exciting things about being in Iceland as well for for aquaculture too, but also for uh, well even data centers. Everything that's to do with electricity that we can do it with geothermal and have this lower impact is super nice. Um, and then you kind of go up in the next rung, rung of the the pyramid and. You might see things like uh, uh, leather being tan- tanning. tanning, tanneries using uh, fish skin for leather. Mm-hmm. So actually, Iceland is the only country in the world with a commercial scale fish skin tannery.
0: We did an episode with uh, a gentleman who makes products out of salmon. Was it salmon leather? Know. What Was oh, he out right of Iceland right. too? No, it, I think that? he
1: was in Scandinavia. Yeah. Ooh, I know in Finland. Was and... he from Finland, perhaps? I don't remember. It could be Finland. It
0: could have been. I'm trying yeah. to remember the name. That was a long time ago. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure that it's, a, it's
1: it was a small scale, like artisanal. Yeah, it, exactly, was, yeah. it was
0: definitely small business, scale, but it was but, some really cool stuff that he was doing beautiful. With, the, with the salmon skin. Yeah.
2: I think it is surprisingly beautiful, actually. And there are lots of countries, uh, well, Finland, for example, but also in Japan and like First Nations uh, people, like in Canada, where there is a lot of kind of fish skin leather in in as, as a tradition um oh sorry my emails are pinging. and um, yeah they're using fish skin leather uh, in traditional clothing and things like that uh, but as far as i know iceland is the only one that has it at the commercial scale uh, and they're really yeah, they're really nice products uh, and then you're also going for something that you threw away to something that's worth 50 us dollars per kilogram so it's also creating value as well as you know, something not going to landfill and breaking down and producing methane so that's siberian uh,
0: stockholm Oh, so that's what it was. Siberian okay. Stockholm. Siberian Stockholm was the name of the company that Ooh, made the
1: products. I'm about to look it up. Yeah.
0: I saw you. Uh, <laughs> I, I was like, it just popped in. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, I mean, I did, no, I don't know.
2: I got to get on Google myself <laughs> later. Um, yeah, lovely. And uh yeah. So this is this is a really nice uh way to use this material as well. And it's very useful uh, useful textile. Mm-hmm. Uh and then you can kind of climb up the value pyramids and look at things like um cold sign which is a uh, it's an oral spray for when you're starting to get a cold and you're getting that tickle in your throat uh, oh. and this spray uh, contains uh, trypsin which is an uh, enzyme from the gut uh, that essentially oh. it provides this coating uh, in the throat that uh, stops the build-up of too much bacteria or wow. virus dep- yeah so this is i actually use this myself and i've had very short colds since then
0: that's <laughs> fascinating <gasps> And because it, a lot invisible. of times you like when you see people using as much as they can from the fish, the, the one thing that they do get rid of is from the gut, you know, all of the yeah. the squishies inside. And uh, <laughs> I, I've only I've only really heard of that being used for um, like fertilizer. I've never yeah. heard of it being used for anything else. That is super cool.
2: I think this is one of the really interesting things. Like, of course, fertilizer is uh, one, again, like kind of a, like a low hanging fruit, but it's yep. particularly with guts. I think there's always a lot of. um Hesitation to use viscera and guts because of you know concerns about disease transfer and things like that. Right, um, quite valid concerns. But uh, when they're doing this enzyme isolation, it's uh, really interesting, and there's quite a few companies looking at that, and and with um, salmon as well, for example. That would like be unbroken. a super cool.
0: Um... That, we should look into that to do an episode on that. That would be really interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so going to
0: call on you for like all of our upcoming innovation <laughs> episodes. Hey, Alexander, <laughs> well, what you got for me this week?
1: <laughs>
2: well, you know what? That would be totally in keeping with my job because uh, our main aim is to be a network connector. So
1: there
2: you go. <laughs> I'm happy to connect you wherever I Um And also one of the really cool things which you probably have heard of uh, and it's done in the US too. Uh, But what they're doing in Iceland, actually, it's a company that uh, started within the Iceland Ocean Cluster. So we also, you know, tried to build spin-off companies uh, and it was called Codland or it is called Codland, sorry. Uh, And what they are doing, they had this kind of idea, like throwing away all this fish skin. Surely there's, you know, surely there's value in it. Surely we can make money from it. Uh, So they were working with researchers in Iceland uh, and they realized that actually you can extract collagen and gelatin from the fish skin. Yep. Um. And this idea actually really caught the imagination of the, the fishery sector here. And they've actually invested in that idea. And in fact, there's now a big factory called the Marine Collagen Iceland factory that's been built oh. here. Uh, wow. And that collagen powder is then going into uh, nutritional supplements because collagen is a, a structural protein that helps with uh, when it's ingested with like joint health and things like that. Uh, and even into healthy energy drinks here that are uh, full oh. of caffeine and collagen, which I live on. <laughs> Caffeine and collagen. What else yeah. do you
0: need? <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: It, it keeps me running all day long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then, like, right at the top of the the Valley Pyramid, you have companies which uh, you may well have heard of called Keresis. Um, this is a oh, company okay. that's, yeah, probably you've heard of them. They're yep. one of the two Icelandic unicorns, startup unicorns in the market. Uh, and they are using the cod skin, like, specially selected cod skin from the Westfjords uh, as a wound dressing for burns and diabetic sores. Um uh, because I did I skin. saw
0: that I saw that on LinkedIn. I think I reached out to them actually to see if they'd yeah. be interested in in coming on the show. I haven't heard back from them. But they would be um, a very
2: interesting guest for sure. That their, their journey's been yeah. really interesting and uh and actually this product is uh is FDA approved. It's sold primarily to what well, in in Iceland but also to US hospitals and to the US Army. It's been uh really taken up by for like field medics and things like this, because it you know just it just makes a lot of sense for it is super these cool. kind of situations uh yes yeah, so yeah they, they had a promo yeah.
0: video about it and i just i i yeah. i watched it like three times i was like this is the coolest <laughs> thing i've ever seen it's I, super interesting uh, yeah
2: it's a really love and that's i think the promo video you're probably talking about is uh with petter or i think it's son. this icelandic man who had all these electrical burns who's covered like 25 yes. percent with electrical burns he was in a yeah. coma for 120 days or something kind of on death's door and then they've managed to he's, you know up and moving again with uh, having used this fish skin bandages. It's really yeah. cool, Maddie. Which is, it, it's yeah, so it's cool. just amazing. <laughs> and actually, their marketing post is lovely because it's him holding his grandson that was born while he was in the coma. So
1: it's also yeah, very they, good marketing. Yeah. But they, they, they story. know what
0: they're doing. They definitely yeah. know what they're doing. They're doing a good job.
1: You can't see yeah. me, but my jaw is open. That is no. wild. It really wow. is. She's drooling all it's really over the cool. floor. It's
0: <laughs> but I, I don't want to cut you off. I know, I know you kind of were nope, still he's... in the middle of, of a, a thought here, but you said that you know on average, Throughout the country, um, you're using about ninety percent of the Icelandic cod. Mm-hmm. What's happening with that other ten percent? What part of the fish is that other ten percent that's not being yeah.
2: used? Super good question. And are there um, any
0: ideas on how you could use it?
2: Yeah, so there are always lots of ideas flying around, uh, both here and overseas as well. Um, at the moment, uh, so the the kind of like ten percent that's left over is partly viscera, I believe, uh, partly some of the blood, and also the eyes. So we will talk. I can't remember who it was we were talking to recently, but there is some ideas going on about, you know, using the eyes for like eye drop serum. Uh, there is uh, a lot of exploration here also about using the viscera and the guts also for fertilizer, like you say, and even potentially biogas production. These are ideas that are okay. particularly being an island nation, these kind of, you know, food security, energy security, and um, yeah, uh, are hot topics. Um, yeah. and And for the blood too, this is a, always an ongoing discussion. And I think even with the, you know, obviously Iceland is doing an amazing job and 90% is great. Uh, but even within that 90%, there might be a percentage of that, let's say, let's say 30% or something that is, uh, it's utilized, but maybe the value creation is pretty low. So maybe it's, you know, bulk frozen and sold on. So it's like, you know, we're we're certainly not at the end of the the target. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. There's always yeah, more work to. Yeah, done. you can and always kind of yeah. drill
0: into that like, you know, you use 90% of it, but 30% of that 90% is yeah. is being wasted after its second use or something like you can kind yeah. of go all the way down the line. That's a Exactly,
2: just, and you can keep doing more. And of course, we have a really growing Atlantic salmon aquaculture industry here both in sea cages and increasingly on land, uh, and at the moment we still waste about 42% of the salmon. But there's more and more kind of companies and cool ideas coming along like how can we use the scales, how can we use the bones and, you know, how can we even use the, the, the fish waste, the sludge from these land-based farms? Right. Yeah, You can garden? look at a
0: couple of different ways, right? Like you can mm-hmm. look at it as all these, you know, you can only use one species for this type of thing. And now we're doing this yeah. other species. So we can't use that. But then it's like, well, what are some other ideas that we that maybe only that second species would be good would for would be
1: it. better suited yeah, well. yeah. so exactly. like this,
0: you could. it's just this constant brainstorm <laughs> right
2: I, I have to make people come in here with good ideas every day Where with, with the ice notion cluster i'll tell you more about it but we're actually 70 to so 70 startups and companies in house full of innovative people so uh, i think at the end of every day i'm like
1: Oh, I've had so many good ideas. Yeah, (laughs) I need to process.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Every day, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: So then, that's that leads us right into. Could you tell us a bit more about what Iceland Ocean Cluster does? And you mentioned that there's 70 different startups that are involved. So if you could just tell us a little bit about the mission behind it, and then Mm -hmm. also about some of these startups that are a part of it. Yeah,
0: and how it works. Yeah. Like how how are you able to make this thing all work together?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, so, yeah, the Iceland Ocean Cluster, so where I'm talking to you from now, we're based in Reykjavik, um, in uh, downtown of Reykjavik in Iceland. Uh, and the building that we're actually in is a, a circular economy. It's an old fish processing factory, in fact. Uh, oh, and- perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, and we're actually right on the dock where uh, it's called Faxafloi Harbour, uh, where the the cod and saith and redfish are landed. And we have the auction house just downstairs, which is it's nice to be in the middle of all these things.
1: Um, yeah, I and I think I actually and, walked by right by that area when I was in Reykjavik. Oh really? Quite possibly yeah. it's a big like turquoise building. Oh my gosh, yes.
0: Yeah, here oh. Maddie, I'll show you. This is it right here. <laughs>
1: I have seen that building. Yeah. In oh so next have, time you have to come in. <laughs> we have
0: the um we'll have the website in the show notes for anyone who okay. is interested in taking a look at it. It it li- literally is right on the dock and it is a big, a big turquoise building. It is yeah. it's it's pretty cool. You can kind of see how it's set up and and you have a lot of images. It, on the English version of the website it, it is labeled House of the Sea Cluster. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I still think
2: it's Schaubach so Exactly. Oh, shoot, yeah. I'm not oh,
0: shoot, gonna. I'm not even gonna try that. <laughs> I don't blame um, you. <laughs> but but uh, it's got a lot of cool uh, images on the of the kind of communal spaces and the office spaces, and and it just looks like a really cool place. So go go yeah. ahead. Con- continue. It is it.
2: a very cool place. Uh, so it was founded by Dr. Thor Sigursson, who is the your f- founder and the chairman of the Ice and Ocean Cluster uh, back in 2012, officially uh, and. It really came out of, uh, the ideas from his PhD thesis actually. So he was, uh, looking at networks and business networks in Iceland. Uh, and what he was seeing is that like the tech center here, the, the tech, um, yeah, the tech sector, uh, here was, is really, was really working together. Lots of companies were really collaborating. They were sharing lots of ideas and kind of, as a consequence, they were being super innovative. There was being loads of like explosive growth in, in the tech sector. Uh, and then he looked kind of like with the same glasses uh, at the fishery sector, like this kind of base economy of Iceland. And he saw that even though uh, fisheries companies were working in the same buildings together, they were sharing the same quotas and selling to the same overseas clients, that there was really this real isolation between the companies, really kind of competitiveness around this sense of resource scarcity. Uh, and basically there was not communication and collaboration happening. And as a result, There wasn't this kind of progressive growth in, well, both the fishery sector and in the blue economy as a whole. Uh, So the house itself and the idea of the cluster was really founded to kind of open up the doors, if you like, in the fishery sector, get people talking, get them collaborating, uh, and then really to to drive kind of new thinking and new ideas uh, to solve shared problems and also to really make a splash in in the blue sector. Uh, so back in 2012, there are about 10 companies in this Ocean Cluster house. It was only part of the house was being used at that point. Uh, we're 3,000 square meters, I think. Uh, and yeah, now in 2022, we're, we're actually 60 uh, companies in the house and 70 in the country kind of connected as members, and most of which are in and around the blue economy. And we have uh, then members from overseas as well, like uh, Bada, for example, in in Germany. Um, and the way that the house basically works, uh, there are lots of different clusters over the world and there are different kind of ways to, to manage a cluster. But the ice cluster is actually a private for-profit company. Uh, so everything that we're doing in-house is also uh, needs to raise profit and it is a business, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of, uh, you know, a pro and a con because it means, you know, we have to find ways to create revenue but it also means that we get to be quite independent and unbiased from mm. from government and policy, for example. Yeah, which is really interesting, and it uh, I think it uh, is quite good for the entrepreneurial side. Um, and yeah, so for example, ways that we create revenue is that we the offices are all rented out. The companies that rent them uh, are automatically then members of our cluster. It's kind of a co-working space, but it's also you know more than that too. Um, we also rent out the meeting rooms. The Island Cluster owns uh, several food halls in the country. So Grandi Food Hall, which is just downstairs, <laughs> very convenient, um, <laughs> and one downtown as well. Uh, and also it, it gets involved in the kind of the creation and co-founding of, of companies as well, and a, part, a big part of my role as well is uh, looking for research and innovation funding in, in grants. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know if you guys know so probably you're familiar with them, but uh, we have sister clusters that uh, around the world, but we have four in the north of the US that uh, the Iceland ocean cluster that are built on this model. Um, and we have different levels of involvement. Sometimes Iceland ocean cluster has been a co-founder or is just a partner or uh, yeah. involved in the network. So for example, there's the Alaska ocean cluster, the new England ocean cluster.
0: Do you know where, longer- where that is in new England? I want to in say England? Maine.
2: That would make sense. That would make I'm, sense. I'm pretty sure. Is it? I, I haven't been there myself yet, but I think they're coming here next week. Oh, scary. Wow. yeah so we have quite a lot of interaction with them
0: well tell uh, them to reach out to us maybe we'll uh, <laughs> be able to drive up there and, and record on site
2: oh that would be lovely and i mean of course they i think they have 100 fish as one of their aims as well they particularly with lobster i think they're doing work with mm. the lobsters there uh, and i think i'm pretty sure it's them that's doing quite a lot with wind energy in this kind of, we don't have any uh wind energy oh, cool. in Iceland. Uh, but for sure they do there, so they're kind of working on this for, theme.
0: For our listeners, uh, there's no wind in Iceland. They don't. <laughs> so, um, that's not a luxury. They that's
2: have. what we tell the tourists. Um, <laughs> no, there is really quite a lot of wind. Uh, I think it's just
1: because <laughs> there's uh, no trees.
2: Well, that's true. Yeah, and um, yeah, quite unprotected from the kind of the winds coming from Europe as well and off the sea. Uh, but I think it's because there is geothermal here, and there are you know there are other sources of um, of say green energy. There has been a lot of discussion about around wind turbines and things like this, but as in a lot of places, there's kind of controversy about, should we put it in the environment or not? Right, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, then there's the Long Island Sound Ocean Cluster in Connecticut and uh, New Bedford Clust- Ocean Cluster in the wow. US. So, we, so we're we actually doing a lot of right work across the pond. Yeah.
0: New, is that New Bedford, <laughs> Mass. Massachusetts? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'll be there in two weeks. I'll be in. Oh, girlfriend. lovely.
2: Uh, well, after this, I will connect you to them.
0: <laughs> yeah. For sure. So what is happening on your site right now? Like, what are some of the examples of some of the, I mean, we've talked about some of the, the companies and stuff, but like, mm-hmm. what are some of the big kind of innovations that you're really excited about that's happening right now?
2: Yeah. Uh, that's probably two, two or three that are like at the forefront of my mind at the moment. Uh, and one of them is uh, very aquaculture orientated. So uh like i said we're really building up in iceland the land-based aquaculture i think there's four uh land-based salmon farms being built particularly because the geothermal energy all you need to do is to drill down into the rock and you hit naturally heated freshwater, and you keep drilling you hit, na- hit naturally heated salt water so it, in this way it's like this uh very exciting place basically for land-based aquaculture compared mm. to the very cold ocean um so these farms are you know being built and they're they're trying to do it in a, a sustainable way. At the moment, there is the, the farms that do exist on land. They, the, the sludge and the waste still is pumped out to sea. Uh, this is likely that this is going to change in the next couple of years. There's a real uh, focus on this in terms of ocean health and environment. Um, so these farms that are already being built are trying to change the way that they deal with their their waste and their sludge. Uh, and we were speaking on one of our kind of roles that we're, really focusing on as a network connector is to bring, you know, ideas and companies and needs together. Uh, so we have a nice and a real uh, challenge of getting enough fertilizer here to do local food production. Uh, and so we actually spoke to a contact of ours in Norway, who is the a burger, who is the innovation manager of the seafood innovation cluster in Norway. Uh, and he kindly put us in contact with a company that, uh, knows how to collect and process. Uh, sludge from fish farms and wow. uh, we were yeah really great company they're called i'm sure it's okay to say they're called blue ocean technology uh, and they were very friendly very receptive to our questions and then they actually came over to iceland and we set them up with meetings with the land-based aquaculture farms and they've actually now successfully signed uh, contracts with some of them so they're actually going to be collecting and treating the the sludge from the like these land-based fish farms uh, which means then it will be available potentially for Fertilizer or biocore. So that's one thing that uh, we're keeping a really close eye on. It's kind of, it is still, in my mind, it's still 100% fish because it's every aspect of the fish. Right. For right. value.
1: Maybe uh, even
2: 110%. Oh. oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I just put that on the posters. Um, yeah. And another one that we're working on actually with the US is called the Great Lakes Project. Um, so this is one that is working with uh, um, the Lake Whitefish in the Great Lakes. So I'll actually be out in Toronto and Detroit in two weeks, I think. Um, and we've been working with, uh, the Great Lakes and Lawrence governors and premiers and, uh, Mattis, um, which is the food and biotech research company in Iceland, uh, and Marel, which is one of the big, well, they're inside of our cluster, but they're also one of the uh-huh. biggest companies in the world for fish processing equipment hmm. and poultry processing equipment. Um, so we're actually have some of these lake white fish at the moment. And we're working, looking at like the nutritional and structural characteristics of the skin, the heads, the frames, Mm -hmm. uh, and actually helping to make some business strategies that based on some things that have worked in Iceland and wider research and actually what this material is, what's possible with this material. uh, And then kind of reporting that back to to the US and really trying to help make that 100% fish knowledge transfer happen between the two countries and with, with what makes sense locally as well. That's uh, so that's really exciting one that we're working on. Wow,
0: that is super cool. Yeah, I just I, I have, love I love this idea of the hundred percent fish use. Like my brain is just like I'm trying to slow it down because it's like okay, what, what else? What else can we think of?
2: Uh, you know, there's so many cool ideas out there. Uh, like even I, I spend too much time on LinkedIn, but there's uh, so many cool artists and like designers that are just kind of I say like uh, taking this idea and running with it in such a cool like direction that like my little scientist brain can't even imagine but there's quite <laughs> there's quite a few companies that are using like uh, i saw one yesterday it's using muscle shells to create bioglass with these beautiful tiles and fish scales wow. into tiles and you know all kinds of ideas like uh, using bones uh, as sources of minerals for sustainable sun creams and uh, just amazing mm-hmm. stuff how do people think of that stuff yeah, exactly <laughs> that's why i want to know
0: <laughs> okay, be like oh you know what would really make this like skin cream much better. <laughs> yeah. Fish, fish bones. <laughs> I know what I'll do. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I, I, <laughs> yeah. People, and I think that's are the, very smart.
2: <laughs> I think it's that entrepreneurial spirit. I think in Iceland, it is something they do very well. There are a lot of like accelerators and incubators and really a lot of um, both in-house here, but also outside of the house. Uh, I'm, I'm actually involved in an accelerator myself at the moment. It's called Snäträde in Icelandic. But it's like an MIT Design X one. And they're, okay. they're, yep. it's really bringing, there's so many cool ideas happening there with like sustainable living and social enterprise. And I feel like these ideas are very encouraged here, like both in the education as well as in the innovation sector.
0: That's a nice difference between Iceland and the U.S. is a, a lot of times with with how corporate everything is in the U.S. Like kind of out there ideas like that get squashed pretty quick. Yeah, and it's it's nice to hear that there's a place where those ideas that are a little bit more eccentric and a little bit more um, adventurous are embraced and encouraged.
2: Yeah, I think maybe that's a, a artifact of the fact that in Iceland the the startup sector is still pretty young. The, like the startup sector and the, the venture capital sector is. You know fairly new and you know we're only three hundred sixty-five thousand people here so there's mm-hmm. uh you know there is a, a lot of space for new thinking but equally i think we we want to avoid inventing the wheel so when there's good solutions like in norway like in the u.s bring them in as well as all, yeah yeah well, it's really nice to-
1: so you also mentioned at the beginning of the episode that you're a professor at a college or university so could you tell us a bit about that and what you teach
2: yeah, so i I'm professor. I wish I was a professor. I'm a teacher, uh, but uh, so I'm teaching at the Icelandic uh, Fisheries College, Fisktaknuskólin. It's called in Icelandic. Um, so this is a, right, of course, uh, <laughs> of, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this is a, a vocational uh, college. So it's particularly targeting um, uh, education from the age of sixteen up, uh, or people that you know didn't uh, finish school qualifications and want to really have a vocational education and particularly in this school uh, the main topics that are taught are fish technician but also uh quality assurance uh, they teach the Marel courses like for uh, people who would work in the Marel factories um, fisheries in general fish processing and uh, the one that which i teach and i've been helping to build the curriculum for is aquaculture um and this is really uh, at the moment a lot of our students in aquaculture are already those people that are working in the aquaculture sector um, but maybe haven't had formal education in it so it's also a way for career development too but also so really people get the, the theory and the understanding behind what they're doing on a daily basis um, and this is really exciting because there's so much different aquaculture stuff happening in Iceland there's not just like uh, sea cage and land-based salmon but we've also got lumpfish being farmed here Senegalese mm-hmm. sole. Iceland is the biggest exporter in the world of Senegalese sole, which is <laughs> believe it or not um, so it's farmed in the warm water and as abalone being grown here and, mm. and research scale, we've got, um, shrimp, white leg shrimp and, and catfish. There's really a lot to talk about in these classes. Uh, and it's a big part of, uh, really trying to, uh, kind of create growth also in, and, on uh, kind of that, uh, passion spirit of aquaculture in everyone that's working there that maybe didn't have the chance to study it before, but have kind of ended up in that job. Uh, so this is really nice. And we work, actually, the, so Tech, sorry, the Icelandic College of Fisheries actually has an office inside, and they're a member also of the Iceland Ocean Cluster. Uh, and we oh, actually wow. work with them. Yeah. it's You know what? It's a small country. Everyone does know each other. <laughs> it's <They're> all interconnected. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, it's a little area. It's a small island. Um, and uh, we have a program together, like, between the two organizations called the Ocean Academy, Shell of Academia, uh, which I believe they're going to roll out to the U.S. next year. But it's really, it's with six, uh, 18 to 20 year olds, really trying to uh, engage young people in how to start a business, uh, how to, you know, an ocean business, how to, you know, have to how to do a value proposition and how to, particularly using side streams fisheries and rethinking the way we use our materials. So it's mm-hmm. a very cool program.
0: That is super cool.
2: Yeah. So lots to keep you busy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, truly. Like you really are inundated with great ideas all day long. So it's been a real lesson. (laughs) (laughs) So, what is next for Iceland Ocean Cluster and what's next for 100% fish in Iceland? Mm.
2: Yeah, I think this is really interesting. So, for I mean, with Iceland Ocean Cluster, we're obviously 100% fish is one of our biggest projects, but we have lots of other projects as well, looking at, for example, green energy or blue tourism or or all kinds of different aspects of the blue sector uh what we're trying to do more of this year is bring more uh more people together really enhance our cluster activities and we're going to have uh what we call a pitch night uh, in november where it's all about um geothermal energy and energy-based companies that will get a chance to particularly new startups to get to pitch their idea to potentially investors and to um the wider community that can give them feedback as well and help them grow and help them tell their story better. So we're trying to do more of these kind of cluster activities as well as uh, get involved in uh, blue innovation projects where we can you know, bring our knowledge and also bring knowledge back to Iceland. Uh, and for the 100% Fish programme, uh, it's really spreading this message internationally. And, and Dr. Thor was someone does a lot of you know, public speaking on this. He's actually at the Google Food Labs. In, wow. I think oh. in October he'll be going up there. Uh, so it's really spreading this message uh, and really trying to get it to apply to different countries and finding the people that, you know, they have these side streams, they have, I don't know, all these shrimp shells that they're, they might be throwing to the ocean. And we say, okay, well, actually you could do this. Or we have a company in Iceland that's, uh, or two companies that are extracting chytosan from the shells. And that's uh, immune, um, it has immune stimulation properties. So it's uh really kind of taking this message outside and showing what can be done with a lot of different species everywhere um so these are some of the main things i would say really spreading this message and uh, i know dr Davidson is working on another, another book at the moment as well to really uh tell the stories of what international seafood companies are the leaders are doing right as well
0: awesome that is I, i'm just really excited about all about this idea and how and how it all works <laughs> How can people get involved? If any of our listeners are interested in learning more about the ocean cluster or being involved somehow, what is what is one way that they can do that?
2: Yeah, great question. Uh, well, if you're an entrepreneur with an idea and you want support, uh, please feel free to contact me. Hopefully, you can maybe share my uh, LinkedIn or anything like this. Uh, if you're a university or a school or a group that want to come visit us, we do a lot of visits all the time. We're always happy to kind of to share that information. If, for example, you're a company that wants a space or even wants to collaborate on project proposals, then you're very welcome to connect either with me on LinkedIn or as or to email me. Uh, we're always working on uh, collaborative uh, innovation and research grants and always looking for partners as well that, you know, we can uh, well, both bring our kind of network and our um, connections and our uh, business and research skills to, uh, and to pair with them. So yeah, lots of different ways. And I think, uh, we're always happy to get questions as well or anything like that. So li- LinkedIn and email are the best ways to get to us.
0: Okay, so we'll make sure we put that in the show notes. And yeah. if you do contact them, make sure that you let them know that you heard it on Academia.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And of course, if you're ever visiting Iceland, uh, <laughs> stop by and see us. You're always welcome to come in.
0: <laughs> of course. Is there anything else that you, before we kind of wrap up, is there anything else that you want to get out there while you have the platform?
2: Um, oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think it's just uh, maybe to talk a little bit about the you kind know, of the increasing awareness of maybe women entrepreneurs uh, in the blue sector and really uh, at the moment there is as in the US as in Iceland too there's a real investment gap in uh, blue startups for you know women founded companies compared to uh, uh, mixed founded and or male founded companies there was a report uh, by North which is an organization out- organization out here that reports on that that there is this investment gap uh so we're trying to find ways to do more about that we'd love to work with other people around the world that are working with you know uh empowering women entrepreneurs and uh, really helping to close that investment gap so i think that's something particularly in you know the fishery sector which is traditionally uh a male-dominated industry i think it's uh you know we we still have even in iceland where you know equal gender equality is you know i think we're at the top of the list there's still mm-hmm. a lot of work to do here. So yeah, I would probably as a an important message I'd like to get in there would be that. I love that.
0: Yeah, always work to do. There yeah, is always
2: work to do, exactly.
0: There's always work to do. Fantastic. Well, yeah. uh, again, Alexandra, thank you so much. Dr. Alexandra Leeper. <laughs> thank you again so much for, for joining us. I'm really glad that Mike was able to connect us and uh, let's definitely stay in touch because it sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on that we, we're going to want to have you on again and, and talk about you know any new things that came up.
2: Oh, please do. And thank you very much
1: for
0: for, uh, inviting me to come talk to you. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks so much, Alexandra.
0: Bye. Folks, that was our conversation with Dr. Alexandra Leeper. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a whole lot and you got excited about some of these new ideas.
1: I'm feeling really inspired after that episode. I know.
0: It was great. I'm really really happy that uh, Mike Berthet was able to connect us with her. So, remember... If you're not subscribed to Aquademia on whatever podcast player you're listening to right now, make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way, whenever a new episode comes out, it'll automatically be downloaded to your phone, your tablet, your computer, wherever you listen so you can get that episode right away.
1: And if you have an episode suggestion or a guest idea, then you can send that our way on our website, which is globalseafood.org slash podcast. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can do that on Twitter at AquademiaPod.
0: That's right. And remember to leave us a Rating and review. If you haven't done that yet, we really appreciate everybody that's done it. Maybe we'll start reading some of these reviews. If you, you know, if you have yeah, questions and fun. stuff or comments, you can throw them in there. Uh, get get you guys involved here a little bit. But uh, please, if you have a couple minutes, we really would appreciate. If you would do that, because it really helps us out.
1: And finally, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more like it, then you can support our work at globalseafood.org slash membership.
0: That's right. So with that, we will talk to you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.